Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. The hand of Dr. Scott Atlas is huge in all this. Scott Atlas is the Fox News grifter radiologist who pretended to be an expert on COVID-19 when he has absolutely no experience with infectious diseases. Radiologists takes pictures of people. He's a neuroradiologist. He takes pictures of people's brains. Scott Atlas knows virtually nothing outside of what he learned decades ago in medical school about infectious diseases, unless he read a good article last week. And he was over on Fox News pitching this idea that, oh, it's just herd immunity. That's all we need is herd immunity. We just need everybody to get sick. I mean, Trump uses the phrase herd mentality. We just need everybody to get sick. The slogan, I've heard this reported several times over the weekend, the kind of semi-official slogan at the White House, which is an echo of Scott Atlas's perspective, apparently, is, hey, we're all going to get it eventually. Might as well get it over with. After all, you know, we're not obese and we're not black and we're not Hispanic or Native American, so we'll probably make it through. I mean, that's literally how they're thinking over at the White House. And when you understand that, then a lot of stuff makes sense. I mean, they're still not requiring masks at the White House. Once you get that, A lot of stuff just makes sense. Kaylee McEnany now testing positive. Oh, yeah, she's young. She's blonde. She's white. She'll be good. And the odds are that that's all true. She may end up with lifelong pre-existing lung damage or lifelong pre-existing kidney or liver damage. She might end up with ongoing vascular disease. She may end up with heart disease. These are all things that are relatively common among people who even have mild cases of COVID that they are in various ways disabled for the rest of their lives. I wrote a long and detailed roundup piece about this that you can find over at HartmanReport.com. It's really worth sharing with your friends and neighbors. It's titled Eight Reasons Why COVID is Worse Than We Thought and letting people know. But Scott Atlas is ignoring all that stuff. I mean, after all, it's a brand new virus. We're just figuring out a lot of this stuff. So we can just kind of only look at the deaths. And if you only look at the deaths, at the mortality rather than the morbidity, the deaths rather than the ongoing sickness, well, yeah, it's mostly old people and mostly minorities. And that was the thing that in that meeting after the April 7th revelations of that fact, Jared Kushner argued, hey, this is just taking out Democrats and black people. Let's just let it go. Let it rip. What was Trump's uh, expression? It will wash over the American people. Right. And that strategy, if you do the math, that simple strategy means that somewhere between 2 and 10 million Americans will die from COVID. Wow. Trump putting these two Secret Service agents' lives at risk. And in fact, of all things, we're seeing stars and stripes. Stars and stripes. Right. The publication that Trump tried to get shut down. And then Congress said, oh, no, 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 no. Stars and Stripes ran an article yesterday in which they quoted Dr. James P. Phillips, an attending physician at Walter Reed, which is where Trump is. This is from their article. Less than one month until Election Day, Trump was eager to project strength despite his illness. The still infectious president surprised supporters who had gathered outside the hospital, driving by in a black SUV with the windows rolled up. Secret Service agents inside the vehicle could be seen in masks and other protective gear. And then they quote Dr. Phillips, quote, this is insanity. 
Every single person in that vehicle, that completely unnecessary presidential drive-by just now, has to be quarantined for 14 days. They may get sick. They may die. Right. Meanwhile, news reports tell us that people who work for this administration are in a full-blown panic because Trump doesn't give a damn about their lives. As Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, has failed to provide any guidance or even instructions on what they should be doing, how they should protect themselves from this virus that seems to be spreading rapidly through the White House. I don't know if you saw the headlines this weekend, you know, White House in chaos. And so you've got a guy, in my opinion, who is high on steroids, who is then saying to the people who work for him, uh, even though I have a deadly disease and I'm contagious, uh, you've got to hang out with me. In fact, you've got to take me out there because, you know, the Proud Boys have assembled outside the hospital. They've been there for a couple of days. When they arrived, Gavin McGinnis, the leader, everybody was chanting his name. So you've got, you know, a whole bunch of Proud Boys and other white supremacist groups camping outside the hospital with their little signs and things. And Trump just had to go out and say hi to them. They're his peeps. They're the people that he is hoping are going to show up at polling places to try to scare people away from voting. And they're going to be his base when he leaves the White House, when he does his TV show or buys OAN, the television network, or creates his own television network, or figures out some other way to pick their pockets, because he's been picking their pockets big time. I mean, I'm getting four, five, six, seven, eight fundraisers from the Trump campaign and two or three super PACs that Trump's got his finger in almost every day. This has turned into a money machine. They're just sucking all this cash out of his base, and he doesn't want it to stop once the election's over. So even if he's going to lose, he's going to lose in a way that sets him up to have a huge audience so that he can make a fortune to pay off the fortune that he owes to the foreign oligarchs because he's broke. I mean, think of this in terms of Trump's own self-interest. That's what this is all about. I also, uh, you know, on Friday when we got the news that Trump was testing positive, on this program I said one of two things is going to happen. Well, one of three things. The third one was the least likely. The case fatality rate in the United States for COVID is around 5%. About 5% of all people who, who get it and are symptomatic die. And of the people who are in their 70s, it goes up to around 11%. So I said, you know, there's about a 1 in 10 chance that he dies, but those are pretty good odds, generally speaking, 9 out of 10. He'll probably make it through just fine, and it's looking like he's going to. So therefore, as I pointed out, if he makes it through just fine, one of two things will happen. He will either come out of this experience after he's recovered, which will you know, be another week or so, but you know, we'll see. He's either going to come out of this experience as Boris Johnson or as Jair Bolsonaro. Now, just to very quickly explain, Boris Johnson got the coronavirus, got real sick. There were three touch-and-go days. They didn't put him on a respirator, but they were real close to it several times in the National Health Service, the British uh, Socialized Medicine Program. And when he came out of it, he was like, wow, that was a whole lot worse than I thought it was going to be. This is a terrible disease. You don't want to get this disease. We are going to lock down England or the United Kingdom, and we're going to do something about this. That was the Boris Johnson strategy or response. Jair Bolsonaro, on the other hand, the president of Brazil, he, got, he was 10 years younger than, than him and 20 years younger than Trump. Uh, Jair Bolsonaro got it, and, you know, basically he got a very mild case. He continued his activities through it, and afterwards he came out and said, I'm strong, see? And this virus is no big deal, see? So the fact that they're building mass graves in Brazil, well, most of the people in those graves are either old or they're among the very poor of Brazil. Jair Bolsonaro, you know, just like Trump doesn't consider poor people in America to be his constituents, he doesn't give a rat's ass about them, neither does Bolsonaro with Brazilians. And I said, either Trump is going to end up being Boris Johnson or he's going to end up being Jair Bolsonaro. Now, we'll see. But all the indications, in my mind, are that he's going to end up being Bolsonaro and perhaps even worse. While the Trump show is playing on television, his senior officials, who don't give a damn about our lives, are continuing to sell off our public lands, destroy our national parks, increase the pollution of our air and water, and destroy the credibility of historic organizations 
gold standard organizations like the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. This GOP administration is still preventing military and government employees from making their Social Security contributions this year because Republicans don't give a damn about the lives or retirements of military and government employees. Trump promises to make this permanent if he gets reelected, meaning the Social Security Trust Fund will be exhausted and dead for all the rest of us in three years. At the Supreme Court, the Republican lawsuit by 20 states of the Trump administration arguing that America should no longer have any protections against pre-existing conditions. And 20 million Americans should lose Medicaid coverage and millions more lose their Obamacare policies continues to roll along because Republican governors and Trump don't give a damn if anybody gets sick unless it's themselves or their own families. Mitch McConnell continues to oversee the defunding of police and fire departments all across the country as he refuses to consider legislation passed by the House that would backstop state and local governments now that they're being wiped out by the loss of sales tax and other revenues because of the Trump virus. I mean, this is all because Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party don't give a damn about average people particularly those who live in cities and vote Democratic, mostly. And having thrown away the pandemic playbook that was put together by the Bush administration and then updated by the Trump, uh, by Obama administrations, there's literally no federal plan to do anything meaningful about this pandemic. In fact, it's the opposite. States run by Trump humpers like Ron DeSantis down in Florida are actively encouraging their citizens to get infected and to spread the infection. Because a sociopathic lack of care for American citizens is now the brand of the Republican Party. They should trademark it. We don't give a damn. This Republican disregard for average Americans it really began with the Reagan administration destroying unions and initiating the process of shipping jobs overseas. You recall it was the Reagan-Bush administration that negotiated NAFTA. Every Republican administration since has built on that. And Trump, although he's a bizarre guy and we think he's an anomaly, he's just the logical endpoint of 40 years of Reaganism. Trump keeps telling us he's bringing jobs back home, but the, the uh, Mexico Free Trade Agreement, Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement that he signed, that he negotiated and signed, actually gives companies a larger tax incentive to move their factories to Mexico, which dozens of companies have done since it was signed. But we have lost hundreds of thousands, over 100, well over 100,000 jobs to offshoring, to ongoing offshoring since Trump became president. And our trade deficit with China is worse than it's ever been. And meanwhile, the polls show that the Republicans are going to lose in a massive landslide, including many Republicans in tight Senate races, unless their voter suppression efforts are as successful as they were four years ago. Whether they are or not. After the election, I mean, you know, it, it looks like Americans are wise to this scam. And so the question is whether tricks like purging voting rolls, putting only one ballot drop box in the entire city of Houston, because, you, know, you know, it's a Democratic city. Will this be enough to help the Republicans hang on to power and continue proving that they don't give a damn about the average American while they're dis disassembling and destroying America? Or is this the end of the Republican Party? And if it is, what replaces it? Well, what does it become? Carolyn in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Hey, Carolyn, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's on your mind today? You know, I don't believe he has this virus. And within a few hours of him checking in, I didn't believe it. And then he went on television. He looks just fine. He gets in that car. He looks just fine. The doctors have already been caught not telling the truth. The whole thing is a con job because he knows he's losing the election because of his attitude towards this virus, and he's going to come out of there, and he's going to change his whole attitude towards it. You think? And I he, get your skepticism because, you know, the guy's told 20,000 lies in three years. You know, Kaylee McEnany routinely lies. Sarah Sanders was a very, very accomplished liar. You know, so I get that, although there's a fair amount of evidence that he actually does have the coronavirus. And the people around him, Kaylee McEnany, just tested positive, too. Well, sure, other people can have it, but that doesn't mean he has it. And Michael Cohen said that this man will do anything to retain that office. And since I've heard Michael Cohen say that more than once, I thought, you know, just watch Don McCon in action.
I yeah, as far as I can... If he actually gets sick. They had to edit out some coughs from his little White House video. You know, as far as I could go in endorsing your conspiracy theory, essentially, is that, you know, I think that his choice of checking himself into the hospital, whether he needed it or not, and let's assume for a moment that he didn't need it, if that was the case, checking yourself into the hospital is either being very careful or it's a great way to get the media to stop talking about the fact that your taxes show that you're $400 million in debt to a bunch of Russian oligarchs or at least foreign oligarchs. We, we, you know, God only knows who he owes money to. All the corruption and all the questions and all, the, all that stuff is all kind of been thrown into chaos. It's been thrown up in the air, Carolyn. So, you know, to that extent, it's been a master stroke. I tweeted over the weekend, why is it, you know, have you noticed that the media is no longer discussing the fact that Trump is hundreds of millions of dollars in debt to foreign oligarchs? Why can't the American media hold two thoughts at the same time? I've just been astonished, you know, checking in on the coverage over the weekend on the various networks. It's all Trump in the hospital all the time. No mention of the stuff that was really big news last week about how corrupt Donald Trump is and about how his campaign is falling apart. You know, the voter suppression efforts are rolling on. It's just mind boggling. So to the extent that this was a, uh, a master stroke to get the headlines off the front page that were bad for Trump. Yeah, maybe. You know, I'm inclined to believe that, at least on the surface, you know, he tested positive, he was feeling symptomatic, out of an abundance of caution he went to Walter Reed, that those are actually things, and that the media is just playing this stupid. That would, that would be my take. Katie in Hudson, Mass. Hey, Katie, what's up? I just wanted to make the comment that the most offensive thing about Donald Trump's little field trip around the hospital and out to see his thing is that for the 200 plus thousands of Americans that have died from this, where if they even got to the hospital, they all were isolated from their families. They died without their families around. They weren't out taking joy rides, you know, after they went to the hospital. And I think that that's something that why the 25th Amendment has not been invoked is just reprehensible. I mean, he is supposed to be isolated. That means he shouldn't yeah. be in charge of the government right now. He needs to get better so he can come back and be in charge of the government. But right now, he is supposed to be isolated. And I just, I just, I think about all those people that had to say goodbye to their loved ones over Zoom and FaceTime and, you know, and he's out there waving like a moron in his little motorcade. Yeah. And risking the lives of a couple of service agents and a driver in, in the process. On one of the message boards over the weekend, somebody posted the theory that uh, he was bored, you know, that that's what this was all about. I think that that's probably a piece of it. I think also that uh, he's trying to get out ahead of Mark Meadows having said, well, we're a little concerned here. The reality is that typically once people get symptomatic, they sometimes get better over the course of three or four days, and then one of two things happens. Either they continue to get better, and that's the end of it, or it comes back like a lion and kicks their butts. And that would be, you know, the early part of this week. So we're all kind of watching. But in addition to that, let's keep in mind, Katie, there's people all over America who have COVID who are not being offered a $140,000 experimental monoclonal antibody treatment and are not being given remdesivir, which you and I paid to develop, which uh, the company that makes it, I believe it's Gilead, um, is charging, what, 1000 or is it $3,000 per dose? Or is it $1,000 and you need three doses? I forget which, but, you know, it's, it's obscenely priced. And, you know, right. this isn't available to most people. You know, the, the dexamethasone. Could the, uh, he could be on a ventilator in a second. And so I don't understand this whole, why is Pence not under the 25th Amendment in charge of the government right now. I mean, this is yeah. not just some little thing that, you know, oh, it's gradual and we'll know. He could be incapacitated in a second. And I don't understand why that our government is not being held by Vice President Pence right now. Well, I think he's already incapacitated. I mean, the, the fact that he was willing to expose a couple of Secret Service agents to his virus just so that he could go out and wave to his Proud Boy buddies that tells me that there's something, like I said, I think he's intoxicated by the steroids. 
But, you know, nobody's willing to tell him that. And my big concern isn't that he's taking, I mean, I think it's terrible that he's putting in danger the lives of a couple of Secret Service agents. But he's feeling high. He's feeling invincible. He's feeling, you know, better than he's probably felt in years, from, you know, from taking steroids. And what if that feeling that he's got, that invincibility, gets translated into foreign policy. What if Iran does something provocative and he says, oh, hey, I'm feeling great. We can rule the world. Just go start a war with Iran or just start, you know, let's take out Kim Jong-un's nuclear facilities. Let's pick on China over the South China Sea. You know, it won't be a bad thing. Hell, I'll win the war and I'll, I'll definitely get reelected. I, you know, I always thought Obama would do that. I'll do it. That's my concern, Katie, is that his intoxication, his steroid intoxication, is going to cause him to make even worse decisions. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. The lights are off in the White House press office, according to uh, multiple reports in the media. Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary, has tested positive, but apparently there's a whole bunch of staffers there who have tested positive as well. We don't know how many shoes have dropped around the White House. I mean, keep in mind, the White House was built during, uh, you know, in the late 1700s. I believe it was, uh, I believe John Adams was the first to occupy it. It was, it was completed during the John Adams administration. I may be off on that. I may be wrong. Uh, it might have been uh, the end of the Washington administration. But, um, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson was famous for answering the front door of the White House wearing his pajamas. So so I know it happened before the, you know, before the first decade of the 1800s. And when it was built, it was very expensive to heat a building. And, you know, the heating technology and insulation technology were pretty much non-existent. So you had and, and, and they didn't have you know, bathrooms and things like that. And so you had, or maybe they did, but they were, you know, very different than what we understand them to be. And so there was, you know, the rooms are small. The building is small. I've, I've been in there. I've been in the White House, I, I, you know, both as a tourist and, and as a guest of, of uh, Vice President Biden's staff. And it's just, you know, and the ventilation system is old. Um, it's been updated many, many times, but but it's not designed to keep the environment virus free. It's designed to maintain a stable temperature. And so, you know, you've got this relatively small space and, 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 and then typhoid Trump comes in, right, and just brings virus with him all over the place. It's, it's starting to, uh, you know, I think increasingly look like the super spreader event was Saturday, you know, a week ago Saturday. It'd be nine days ago, and that that was at the you know in the in the in what used to be called the Rose Garden before Melania ripped out most of the roses and and uh, paved it, um, and maybe it's still called the Rose Garden. I don't know, but whatever it was or the South Lawn. Maybe it was on the South Lawn. Wherever it was, the event that they had. I mean, it's like most of the people in the front rows, the, the two front rows now look to be infected. Now, some people are saying, oh, that's because Donald Trump was standing in front of them from the podium and blowing viruses at them. You know, it's true, a true typhoid Mary kind of typhoid Trump kind of thing. Could be. Could be in particular if the wind was blowing from behind Trump and toward the crowd. But what I think is more likely is that there was also a function inside the White House for the VIP guests in one of the in one of the rooms in the White House. And again, even the large rooms in the White House are small. I, I, I mean, some of the some of the some of the meeting rooms in the White House are the size of a good sized bedroom in a modern home. They're very rarely the size of a normal living room. And or at least the ones I've seen. And I think I've seen probably most of them downstairs. And as a result of that, you know, you get 10, 20, 30 people in there, you're going to have a super spreading event right there. So I'm, my guess is that the super spreading event wasn't on the lawn. It was inside. And the reason that the people in the front row got it is because they were the VIPs who had been invited inside and they probably had reserved seating when they came out as VIPs. Although this is 
pure speculation on my part. But if that's the case, in all probability, that was when Trump got it as well. It was Saturday, a week ago Saturday. Uh, which means that probably on Monday and Tuesday, when he was doing debate prep with Chris Christie, and on Monday and on Tuesday, when he went to the debates, he was contagious. And if they're testing every day, he probably knew it. They're doing these rapid tests, these Abbott rapid tests at the, at the White House. They have about a 4 or 5% false positive rate. So if you test 100 people, 4 or 5 of them are going to show positive, even though they're not. And because of that, they might not have taken it so seriously and thought, well, let's just you know, do it again tomorrow and see what happens. You know, not showing any symptoms, it's all good. I mean, if they're that cavalier about it, who knows? I mean, if they're really running off Scott Atlas's um, uh, suggestion, you know, the, the Fox News quack radiologist that is running the COVID operation in the White House, if they're really running off his advice that, that what we really need to get to is, uh, you know, what he refers to as population immunity, herd immunity, then that would make sense. Plus the PCR tests, which is where they take a, you know, basically the way it works is you take a little bit of the virus and, or the DNA from the virus, and you have to amplify it. It has to be basically cloned over and over and over again to get a large enough chunk of that virus that a, that it can be tested. And then you're actually testing for a piece of the RNA that, that makes up the virus. Um, that PCR test, because you have to basically process the material in order to m- increase the quantity of it, takes time. It could take five, six hours. It could take overnight. Depends on the kind of equipment that you're using, how efficient it is, how fancy it is, and all that kind of stuff. So it might be that it wasn't until Tuesday or Wednesday that he learned about it, but Chris Wallace, the Fox News host, was clearly pissed off about this, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, he had a, a White House spokesman on his show yesterday on Fox News, and and uh, you know he was saying, uh, you know, the whole family, the whole, the whole Trump family, took off their masks. I mean, you know, is this is this the is this the policy? Is this the advice? I mean, do they actually the question he asked was, do they not think that the rules apply to them? Because the rules inside that debate hall were very clear. They were set by the Cleveland Clinic, and it was everybody shall wear a mask at all times, period, full stop, no exceptions, except for the two speakers, the president and the vice president, and Chris Wallace. Those are the only three people who were not ordered to wear masks. But the whole Trump family just sat there with no masks on, just grinning and like, hey, yeah, rules don't apply to us. Only little people pay taxes. We're rich and we're, we're you know, it's, I mean, this is what they were, they were doing. And Chris Wallace took this guy to task for it over the weekend. And then the guy said, oh, I'm, now I'm debating you just like Trump had to debate you. Right. So, you know, then he goes to, the, to his uh, Klan rally in Minnesota on Wednesday And he had a couple of events in Minnesota with big high-dollar donors. And and then he had this major event Thursday night in Bedminster. And I'm guessing he knew he had tested positive before any of these things happened. And he just thought, you know, he could beat the odds like he's done it a hundred times. He's raped all these women, gotten away with it, you know, grabbed them by the genitals and gotten away with it. Um, paid off a few of them, got away with it, still became president. Uh, he's, he's bankrupted six businesses. He's he, he, you know, embezzled hundreds of millions of dollars from his father's estate or just nakedly stole it from his brothers and sister. Uh, you know, it's, it, I, he's got away with literally everything. He hired people to take his test for him when he was in school. So he probably figured, hey, I can get away with this too. And then, and then, you know, had it not been for Jennifer Jacobs, that Bloomberg reporter who spilled the beans, we may still not know what was going on. I mean, they've been trying to hide all this stuff. And I'm wondering how many other Republicans are infected. I, you know, Tom Cotton over the weekend said, you know, if we're going to have a vote on Amy Coney Barrett, you know, if, if people are sick, we will wheel them in to the Senate to vote. Oh, really? These are the new rules? Typhoid Trump here is, uh, shall we say, creating a problem. Meanwhile, his son Eric is being deposed, probably as we speak, 
by the uh, officers working for Letitia James, the attorney general for the state of New York, about bank fraud and tax fraud, inflating the value of your assets to get loans, reducing the value of your assets to not pay more in taxes. And I'm guessing they're guilty as sin. This is the Tom Hartman Program. So while all this show is going on, the Trump crime family's prison cells are being prepared for them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Larry in Coos Bay, Oregon. I used to have a good friend who lived in Coos Bay. Uh, he passed away. Well, it was Armin Lehman, the guy, the guy who, uh, who wrote about being the 16-year-old with, in Hitler's bunker. He used to live down there. I'm, I'm guessing you never came in contact with him, Larry. No, I just moved here three years ago from Michigan. Ah, uh, basically. Okay. Retire, but I've, um, I told your screener that uh, I called up once before, I think a couple of months ago, but I lived uh, in Jackson Heights, Queens, which was right next to where Trump's family lived uh, in, in Queens as well. And um, knowing him and, uh, from the standpoint of when he lived in New York and his uh, abject rejection of being weak or having to fail, Here's my scenario. I just thought about it this morning, and I couldn't believe how it could come true. But he's going to drop out of the election. He's going to claim medical reasons, and that way he won't uh, lose the vote. He won't lose the presidency. He'll claim that I had to drop out for whatever reason, and I did not lose right. the election because he knows, I think, by now that he's going to be in trouble. Uh, and then he's going to come back either in 2022, try to get elected as a senator in some red state, or maybe even try again in 2024 as he gets his uh, uh, radio and TV shows uh, lined up so we can be a propaganda wing. And I have a very strong suspicion that he's going to let a Democrat take over the presidency and everything else, and then everything's going to crash, like the economy, uh, civil unrest, yeah. things like that. It's going to be chaos. It's I, you know, be- Larry, if he was 10 years younger, I get your scenario. But, you know, the first 20 years of life, we go through some really radical changes. We go from being, a, you know, a few ounces to being, you know, a fully full, full-blown human being. And, and in the last, more or less, 20 years of life, or arguably 30 years, we go through a, a similar set of changes, only backward. If you live long enough, you, you can shrink as much as half your total height and, and all that kind of stuff. Trump is going to be 78 years old in 2024. I think this is his last act. This is his last act, and again, his last act in his legacy, which as you're describing in your last 20, maybe 30 years of life, is that he will be the one to, to say, I told you so. You see, I did not lose. He is so afraid of losing or being shown as a loser. This is his primary narcissistic ego that is driving him. And as I said, he has the ability right now, once Jerome Powell stops buying those stocks in the stock market, what's going to happen to the market? And yeah, what's going, going to crash. happen? Well, I'm just saying, he's going to leave the Democrats, like the Republicans usually do, to clean up a mess that a Republican president or, or Senate has made, because that's what they do. And then they come back and say, you see, told you so. <laughs> 
this is where his ego is driving his decision-making. Even if he doesn't run for office or he just has a TV station or a radio station that he can pontificate on to rile up base or whatever, it's still his legacy. He's the one that destroyed the democracy or he's the one that destroyed it because he didn't get reelected. His whole point is, I yeah. am the one that can save you. So anyway, oh, and one last thing. Uh, I'm reading Stamped from the beginning by Ibram Kendi. I recommend mm-hmm. it highly. What was the title again? Stamped from the beginning by Stamps. Uh, Ibram. Oh, Stamped from the beginning. Okay, got it. Jared in Downington, Pennsylvania. Hey, Jared, what's up? Uh, hello, Tom. I just got my mail-in ballot. I'm going to fill it out soon. And I don't know if I should take it to the voting place on Election Day or just mail it in right away. What do you think? I don't know, Jared, because I, I don't live in Pennsylvania. I would check. and I mean, you've got almost a month until Election Day. I would be surprised if your mailing it in wasn't just fine. Most states on their Secretary of State site give you the ability to actually track your own ballot. I can do that here in Oregon. I can see when when they received it and when it was counted and everything, and if it was counted. Um, You might want to poke around the Secretary of State site for Pennsylvania and see if that's the case there, or the election registrar, excuse me, or whatever. I think if you go to IWillVote.com, that's a portal to all 50 states. You know, the Democratic Party put that together. And uh, so you go to IWillVote.com and then uh, plug in your, your state, Pennsylvania, and then plug in your information and boom, it should tell you. And, and it doesn't even go through the I Will Vote website. I mean, once you choose Pennsylvania, they just hand you off to the, to the appropriate website in Pennsylvania. So, you know, it's not like anybody is getting your information or there's any hidden agenda here or anything. So that's how I would do it, Jared. And good on you for getting your ballot. Is this when you expected to get the ballot? Yes. Um, yeah, I am actually having my ballot tracked. There is a PA website. Um, I got it, um, and I was just debating if I wanted to get just to turn it in on Election Day simply because I wanted the vote counted on Election Day or not, and I've been debating it whether to mail it in or just drop it off on Election Day. Yeah. So yeah. that's been the yeah. debate I've been having. But I want to really talk yeah. about the, this Trump virus that's going on. Um, uh, uh, Here's what isn't being talked about. While Trump and all these Republicans who have gotten this, you know, Chris Christie, the RNC chair, Trump, his wife, you know, they're, they're, you know, they got all the health care, you know, in the world. They can, you know, do whatever. Um, uh, Meanwhile, I mean, there is millions of Americans who have gotten sick from this, 200,000 um, plus who have died, and we don't have a national health care service that's going to take care of them. That's right. Out of those 7 million Americans who've been diagnosed with COVID, I'm guessing probably 3 or 4 million at least are going to discover, you know, are going to be in the situation where that, just that diagnosis is going to cause them a significant financial hardship. It's going to bankrupt some families. It's going to wipe them out. Jared, thank you for the call. Dennis in Aptos, California. Hey, Dennis, what's up? I do think that Trump is sick, uh, unlike that other caller. I don't think this is a hoax. And uh, yeah, you know, he's 74. He's, uh, you know, uh, 250 pounds, uh, about 20 pounds overweight for his height. You know, the, the days where he actually could become sicker uh, are only about two or three days away from now. Uh, and I think Correct. what you said about the droids is spot on. You know, I have to. You ever had that experience, too. Dennis? I've never been on steroids. No, never. I got to tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, you know, I, I, I remember taking narcotics, you know, after surgery and feeling really great. But that was nothing compared to the steroids. The steroids were like. When you take narcotics, you feel like, oh, I don't feel any pain. You know, I, I feel good. I feel normal. I feel like myself. When you take steroids, it's like, I feel like Superman. It's insane. Anyhow, back to you, Dennis. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I well, he's, already, he's already been intoxicated with power and money, you know, yeah. practically his whole life. So this is like, uh, you know, adding uh, more fuel to the fire. 
yeah, and you know, I have to say too. I mean, I, I have the same feeling. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to wish harm on anybody. But when I saw that thing yesterday, that that show, that stunt with the SUV, I mean, I had to think. He spread the disease to who knows how many people in the last week, and then he pulls that stunt. I mean, how much slack can you can you give this guy? You can't give him anything. I think he will act like Bolsonaro if he pulls through. You're right yeah. about that. Oh, I think he already I mean, is. She said the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he I think he already is, you know, because he, he did that video where he said, I'm learning a lot about this. And, you know, uh, you know, well, what's he learning? Well, apparently that even while you're sick, you can be on TV. I don't know. And, and he's also succeeded in getting all the bad news about himself off the headlines. So he's got to be loving this. I mean, it's like there's nothing that can happen to Donald Trump that he can't twist around and turn into something that he uses or works to his advantage. It's just breathtaking. Well, but I think that 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 car ride is something that, you know, when we look back at presidents and, you know, you like, you know, whenever the Nixon, whenever Nixon is discussed, we see the B-roll of him, you know, waving with his uh, victory sign at the helicopter as he's leaving the White House for good. Uh, <clears throat> you know, when when we when we think of John Kennedy, we think of his, you know, his assassination or we think of his his inaugural address where he talks about sending a man to the moon. When we think about Lyndon Johnson, we think about that great speech he gave about the Civil Rights Act before Congress in 1964, you know, if not now, when. For each president, there's this little moment, this little crystallized moment. And I think the two big moments for him are going to be, number one in Helsinki saying, yeah, you know, Putin's right and the intelligence, American intelligence is wrong. And it's going to be this car ride because it's so emblematic of, as you said, Dennis, it's so emblematic of the fact that he just doesn't give a rat's ass about anybody's life except his own. And maybe his kids, although I'm, I'm skeptical. Dr. Lynn in Los Angeles. Hey, Dr. Lynn, what's up? Yeah, I wanted to make two points. First, I do think he was sick. He looked sick on one of the videos that he did. But also yeah. the fact that he totally disrupted the hospital. And when he's riding the hallways and going down elevators, he's spreading COVID everywhere. But the main point right. I wanted to make was about Biden and his answer to what he would do unlike Trump. And I think he should say something like, we're going to have a war on COVID and train and unleash an army of public health workers to test, contact, trace, and quarantine, in addition to a public campaign to convince the American people to take the, the steps of masks and social distancing. Because I think that the answers I've heard in the past have pretty much just been talking about masks and social distancing. But we really need to have massive testing going on and then the public health follow-up. Because if we don't do that, we're never going to, to, to you know, combat this, this virus. And I think this would free up a lot of schools to be able to go back, workplaces, the entire community. But it requires probably pulling in that, the, that uh, mandate where you can force pro- production of test, tests, because it can't just be one test. Obviously, we see one test isn't enough. Multiple tests, just massive attack on this virus. And let's keep in mind, the entire country of New Zealand is back to normal. Most of Australia is back to normal. South Korea and Japan are largely back to normal. Parts of of Europe are moving rapidly back to normal. There are local outbreaks, but they're dealing with it. And they're dealing with it, by and large, in the way that you're talking about, testing and contact tracing. You know, the good news, I suppose, is is that the tests are getting more sophisticated and less expensive as, you know, as they get up to scale and we figure out what works and what doesn't work. And obviously the treatments are getting better. This, this, uh, This pair of monoclonal antibodies that Trump was given you know, I'm guessing the $140,000 expense was because it's, you know, it's not been classified by the FDA yet. It's, it's an experimental drug. But, you know, presumably when that production of that gets up to scale, it'll be hopefully somewhat less expensive. But, it, you know, if that's why he's not as sick as you would expect as an obese 74-year-old man to be, um, then that's good news. I mean, you know, we learn from all these things. But, you know, without any kind of a plan in this and this Trump administration, their plan is herd immunity. It's that simple. You know, kill six million Americans and, uh, you know, and just hope that the vast majority of them are really elderly if they're white or are minorities. You know, every piece of evidence I see tells me that that's their plan. Dr. Lynn, thank you. Very well said. Amy in San Diego. Hey, Amy, what's on your mind today? 
I'm just curious on what would happen to our election if President Trump passes before the election? I'm not certain, Amy, but I believe that Vice, Pre- Vice President Pence would, number one, he would become president. And number two, he would probably be the person who all those Trump votes went to. And he would probably have to, he would almost certainly name a vice presidential candidate to be on the ticket with him. Top of that list, in my mind, would probably be Nikki Haley. She has been a good Trumpster here. And they would see him. I mean, you know, the Republicans think of this stuff in very transactional terms. They would see uh, Nikki Haley as an alternative to Kamala Harris. In other words, another woman of color on the ballot. In fact, another woman who is at least in part of East Indian heritage. So, you don't uh, think they would delay the election or could they delay no. the election? No, there's no oh, provision okay, in the Constitution for delaying the election. No, no. Oh, great. So, okay, good. Thanks, Tom. Howard in Orange County, California. Hey, Howard, what's on your mind today? I'm not sure if you covered this, but I'm wondering what you think of the theory that this is fake news. He's not really sick. It's a way for him to drop out without losing the election. And he's made a deal with Pence to pardon him and the family. The reason why I think theories like that are so prevalent right now, I've I've read this at least a half a dozen times this morning on Twitter, and I'm sure it's making its way all over Facebook and stuff like that too. You know, the simple fact of the matter is that Donald Trump has lied to us over 20,000 times. His administration has lied to us. Watching the the Comey case, this TV show, the Showtime TV show, we actually watched it through Amazon Prime last night, but it was just, you know, it was amazing because they had clips uh, they, you know, they showed what was going on in the White House, and then they go to the clip, the actual clip of Mike Pence or of Sarah uh, Sanders literally lying to the media, lying to America about what had just happened, when they absolutely knew that they were lying. So we all know that not only is our president a liar, but he surrounds himself with liars. And so to have the, the White House come out and say, you know, hey, the sky is blue, there's going to be a certain percentage of us who are going to go, maybe we better check that, right? And, and, and so, I, you know, I, I understand the impulse, but I, as I said at the beginning of the program, I don't think that this is the kind of thing that you can cover up. You know, in other words, if, if he isn't sick, I don't think they could have made it up and held the illusion together. And if he is sick, I don't think they could have concealed it. I, I think that the news that we're getting is what is, which is like not a good sign in terms of you know how Trump is feeling. So we'll see where this goes. Howard, thank you for the call. Betty in Bowling Green, Florida. Hey, Betty, what's up? I was watching the debate from the beginning. I only watched it for about an hour because I couldn't be up. Uh, I had to go to bed early because I had to get up early to um, uh, go see my husband, who is in a like a memory care unit, rehab unit, and he was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Anyway, uh, to get to the point, I noticed that our disrespectful president walked up to his you know, uh, to the stage and stood there and constantly interrupted Biden. But did you notice his face, how red it was? Was he experiencing uh, some kind of uh, symptoms then? That I was thinking about that when I, about testing positive. Yeah. It's hard to know, Betty. We, we just don't know where he got it, when he got it. The incubation period can be anywhere from a day or two to, to up to 14 days. We just don't know. But it's possible. I mean, you know, it's and, and thank God he was he was far enough away from Joe Biden that he that Biden is testing negative. I mean, this guy has turned into a one man germ machine. He's it's super spreader Trump. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Look, I would say this country is on a very delicate precipice, right? And that precipice, if it breaks, it is oblivion for democracy as we know it, all right? And I'm not just being hyperbolic here. And first off, I don't want to sound critical of the Democratic Party, and I definitely don't want to sound critical of the media, because I think those two things right there are really holding the precipice together. Look, 
Donald Trump, when he did his little run around uh, Walter Reed, waving his hands, showing that he was okay, that is typical. That is typical authoritarian, um, you know, uh, symbolism. It's authoritarian symbolism. Sixty-three million people voted for Donald Trump, and all sixty-three million of them can't be evil. What they really um, agree to, and I think you'll know what I'm talking about here, is Jimmy the Greek racism, where, uh, uh, of course, black people are good athletes, but they can't be a quarterback. A quarterback is something truly extraordinary. That must be a white person. All right. So they're not truly evil, but they are bigoted. And look, this medical transparency is absolutely transparency period is absolutely key right now and i two things nancy pelosi said if, and before you move on dave let me just just yeah. insert here that in my opinion sure. uh, racial bigotry is evil um keep finish finish your thought well nancy pelosi said something that worries me that she is not being briefed and then first she 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 blamed the generals then she blamed uh career politicians in dc you know she's second in line to the presidency and the media picked this up now so so i'm not being critical of the media then simone sanders she said that she couldn't answer how many how often uh Joe Biden's being tested for coronavirus because it is a quote-unquote security matter. Now, look, we're not even getting into the deep stuff of this virus. And with a cataclysm, a cascade of cataclysm that could be started by North Korea, we need to be informed so we can save ourselves. All right? I'm telling you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you, dude. And... We need more transparency all the way around. On the other hand, that story, and I think it was the New York Times about this, about Biden, I think that was just whataboutism on You're parade. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. This is the absolute worst instinct of the news media in America is, uh, oh, the Republicans are sleazy. Well, the Democrats must be sleazy somewhere, too. Let's talk about that. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Carol in Manesson, Pennsylvania. Hey, Carol, what's up? I hear the the media, um, you know, going on and on about how he's putting, how the resident, as I call him, is putting the uh, Secret Service men at risk. And that's terrible, I agree, because they really don't have any choice. But my question is not just about Trump, okay, but Amy Comey Barrett. These people, have they ever considered that not wearing masks around their children is not the best idea. I mean, I have three grown children, and I've I've been housebound with my husband since March. We saw them once this summer out on the porch, and they wore a mask, because I would not put my kids at risk, and they would not put me at risk, even though we're, we're all basically well, but that's not the point. But these people, I know she had all seven of her children at that uh, gathering, that ceremony. Right, and it may well be Saturday. one of them was the original super spreader. For all we know, because she had it that summer, or this past right. summer. But the right. fact is, I mean, why in the world didn't Melania and and the resident wear a mask in the White House? I mean, they've got a young son there. Why wouldn't they want to protect him? And why wouldn't she, when she came to that ceremony, want to protect her children? They were all in there with no masks. But several of them have come down with COVID, including Kaylee whatever her name is, the little blonde that lies yeah, about Magnani. it every day, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? Would you, do you think I'm wrong about that? I mean, they're yelling about him putting the Secret Service at risk, but people are putting, these people are putting their children at risk as well. Yeah, uh, I, think that, that I think that my worst fear just got realized, and that is that uh, Donald Trump just tweeted. Let me read this tweet to you. 
I will be leaving the great Walter Reed Medical Center today at 6.30 p.m. feeling really good, exclamation mark. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago, exclamation mark. Number one, steroids. Uh, Number two, he is going full Jair Bolsonaro, as I predicted. Oh, my uh, God. Well, yeah, you know so. what, Tom? I, that's that's hardly. Uh, I mean, he's a madman. He'll do anything to to remain in power. But look, look on the bright side. Joe Biden is fourteen percent ahead in the polls nationally after the debate. I really don't think that Trump has a chance to win. I really don't. It's uh, when you consider that the voter suppression that they shave, you know, where they shave off Democratic votes. It varies from state to state, but it's probably on average across the United States around three or four percent. I don't know. We need we need a huge, uh, a huge victory. Thanks a lot for the call, Carol. It's great to hear from you. This is my worst fear, I think, is the, you know, that the Trump would come out of this just fine. I mean, I was predicting that the odds are you know, nine, nine, nine to one that he would come out of the hospital just fine. Is he going to come out of this experience chastened like Boris Johnson was? Whoa, that's a serious disease. Or is he going to come out of it imperious and haughty and, and uh, you know, more full of himself like Jair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil did, and say, ah, it's just a little flu. Well, you can make up your own mind, but here is Trump's tweet from 14 minutes ago. I will be leaving the great Walter Reed Medical Center today at 6.30 p.m., which will be in about uh, three and a half hours, feeling really good, don't be afraid of COVID, don't let it dominate your life. We have developed, under the Trump administration, some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago, exclamation mark. Well, as I said, that's, you know, the steroids, he's still, he's still hopped up on steroids, apparently. And uh, amazing, amazing. And then, and then he's saying his next one, this is his one that preceded that for 24 minutes ago, is where Trump is saying, I, I put those Secret Service agents' lives at risk because the media made me do it. Right? He never takes responsibility for anything. He says, it's reported that the media is upset because I got into a secure vehicle to say thank you to the many fans and supporters who are standing outside the hospital for many hours and even days to pay their respect to their president. If I didn't do it, the media would say I was rude. It's like every day there's a new low. It's amazing. Paul in Woodenville. Hey, Paul, what's up? Yeah, Tom, I think you're right. He is really tripping on steroids. He's on a big steroid high. And I don't necessarily know the fact that he's leaving means that he's fine. I think the person that's that's running the Donald Trump coronavirus treatment team is Donald Trump, if indeed he really does have coronavirus. But what we've been told that he's been receiving makes absolutely no sense medically. Number one, you wouldn't give three aggressive therapies at the same time because you wouldn't have any idea which of them is causing both the good and the maybe not so good results, let alone how they may interact. And two of these therapies are contraindicated. The antibody cocktail is supposed to stimulate the immune system, but the steroid, the dexamethasone, is supposed to suppress it. This just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. My guess is that Donald Trump is desperate. He's desperate to show that he's not sick, and he's ordering them to give him whatever options there are all at the same time, because no physician, let alone team of physicians or a platoon of army physicians would do this. And yeah, he's going to check himself out. I just said that to somebody a couple hours ago. I said, he'll be out of here by five o'clock this afternoon. And you know, he'll come home and he's, yeah, he's really charged up on steroids, but you know, in a couple of, and I've had that happen. I had steroids when I had an allergic reaction to a medication I went into the hospital, and the emergency room doctor looked at me, and he told the staff, don't take your eyes off him. He's in big trouble. I had my lip was swollen up. And he said, you could swell up. He said, a guy came in here last week. His tongue swelled up so big he couldn't close his mouth, and he died from what you have. It's your medication. And they gave me steroids in my IV, and then they gave me pills to take home. And the next week, I ran five five half marathons every day, Monday through Friday. Happened on a Saturday night. And every day next week, I was on steroids. Oh, I thought this was great. But then when they wear off, you crash. And oh, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen to him. 
I agree. I do think that it's possible. I mean, this, this pair of monoclonal antibodies that he was given, that he was given eight grams of on Friday morning. And now this has not been peer reviewed and the test has only been done on a few hundred people, but they lowered the fatality rate from five point something percent down to less than uh, just slightly over one percent among people who took this early on in the course of the illness. This may be an actual kind of magic bullet, very, very powerful cure. The problem is it cost one hundred and forty thousand dollars. You and I paid right, for right. You know, Trump to get that. The question is, you know, going forward, will that be an effective therapy? Is it going to be widespreadly available? What about 20 million Americans, 30 million Americans right now, and probably 50 or 60 million Americans after the Supreme Court rules on Obamacare who have no insurance whatsoever? How do they get this? Boy, tell your friends where they can find good progressive programming. It's really all over the place. If you like our program, let our stations and our sponsors know. And thank you so much for listening. Share share the good word with your friends. And be sure that you are registered to vote. It's the last day in that whole long list of states. So go to IWillVote.com and make sure that your registration is good. Tag your it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 